Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from New Jersey, a uh, beautiful part of the state, western part of New Jersey, we have Eskil Skip Danielson on the phone. I'm going to call you Skip. Thanks for being guest on the Law Enforcement Show. Very much appreciated. Yes, uh, I always had the, the nickname, uh, uh, and uh, have, have, uh, people don't know my by anything other than my, uh, my nickname. Well, I'm going to go with the nickname because I'm afraid I'm going to butcher your first name. It's a great name. It's, it's obviously an ethnic name, uh, and I, I don't want to destroy it and embarrass myself. Uh, it's a good old Swedish name. In, in a national audience. Uh, by the way, you are retired chief of police. You've been involved in emergency services on a county level for a long time, haven't you? It's over 60 years. You don't sound like you're more than 60 years of age, so uh, something, you're doing something right. I, I hope so. I think keeping active and uh, and having uh, challenges to face uh, uh, has uh, kept my uh, myself intact and in, uh, both mentally and physically. How long were you uh, chief of police? Twenty three years as chief. I had the rare opportunity to start a police department where only a part time department existed, and uh, I was going to stay five years and stayed twenty three until I could retire. So here's the thing about New Jersey. I was born in Passaic, New Jersey. I uh, lived in Rutherford for a short period of time. My dad was in the Navy. We, we left and lived everywhere. When I think of New Jersey, like a lot of people, we tend to think of the Philly suburbs, the Jersey Shore, or North Jersey. You're like out West Jersey, closer off I-80, closer to the Pennsylvania line, correct? We're at exit 25 uh, from the Delaware Water Gap, which... Uh which is 25 miles uh, into New Jersey. I got to tell people, the first time I went there, many, many, many years ago, uh, while I was still in the Baltimore Police Department, I went skiing in that area. I was flabbergasted at how beautiful that part of the United States is. It is very nice. And uh, our township is nicknamed uh, the Township of Lakes. And it's because we have 17 uh, named uh, uh, lakes here in the township. 
and you're also close to a, a place called Wild West City, correct? Oh, that's that's a an attraction that's that's still here and still going strong after uh, uh, close to uh, 60, 70 years uh, in operation. It's very seasonal, uh, and it uh, uh, but it appeals to the little guys. It's for those who don't get it the name wild west city should give it away it's basically wild west reenactment area so you would never think that'd be in new jersey it is and that's just a brief glimpse into the area where skip is calling from now skip you and your entire family have been involved in emergency services first responder work for your entire lives correct yeah i i picked it up from my dad my dad was a uh, ivy league graduate uh, university of pennsylvania Became a volunteer fireman uh, while in college. When after World War uh, II, he came out as a disabled veteran and continued in his fire service. Could not go back, and he actually started in police work for a while. And he could not go back to that because of his uh, military injuries. So he kept on the fire service with the Forest Fire Service, local volunteer fire department. I dropped into that same thing, and my three sons dropped into that. Their children, a couple of them, have dropped into it uh, also. Uh, so we've got we've got a history of four generations uh, of first responders. And, and I want to thank you and your. And please be sure to tell your family members. I said thank you for their service as well. It's very much appreciated. Very good, Jake. I will do that. We're speaking of first responders. One of the things we're going to talk about with Skip. Everybody's familiar with GoFundMe and GoFundMe.com. And they have all these fundraising campaigns going on, and quite a few of them, especially ones for first responders. You see a first responder, a police officer, a firefighter was killed or injured in line of duty. They're collecting money, and it's an admirable thing to do. But then you find out that's not even going to their families, and it's fraudulent. You have a campaign going through a group called fundthefirst.com, which basically verifies that it is going to a legitimate cause and it is for a first responder. Am I missing something on that? No, you're actually correct. And it's, it's unique as to how I, I found out about it. Uh, I started looking at GoFundMe and uh, similar type of platforms, and uh, I was watching uh, Fox News uh, one morning, and uh, Bob Garland from Fund the First was on there with a couple of his associates, and uh, I, I, I immediately contacted them. Uh, we were one of the first ones on the, uh, uh, you know, for them to uh, start helping, uh, and now within three months, they're now at over a thousand uh, first responders and military uh, families uh, seeking to use them as a uh, as a funding source. And their website, by the way, is fundthefirst.com. That's F-U-N-D, the first.com. And the other thing that we ran into problems with, legitimate GoFundMe campaigns for injured first responders being shut down by GoFundMe for what they perceive to be political reasons. And there's just a whole lot of things about that platform which I find objectionable. I'm not referring to Fund the First. I'm referring to these other platforms. Yeah. Uh, Fund the First, uh, they had to do a background on uh, on, on me. Uh, they had to do a background uh, on Scott. You know, they, they use a uh, an identification source, uh, almost as good as fingerprinting. Uh, and uh, once they uh, verified it, and Scott's situation made uh, 
all of the uh, internet. I mean, it, it is uh, it it can be uh, uh, googled, it can be uh, binged, it can be any which way uh, but loose. Uh, you can find out about what happened to Scott and uh, Bob Garland and uh, the people from Fund the First. Uh, you know, we're able to turn this around as a, uh, a legitimate cause uh, very, very quickly. And by the way, when you say Bob Garland, the people behind Fund the First, they're law enforcement officers, they're in firefighting services, they're first responders, they're military, uh, they're the real deal. I highly encourage everyone to get more information at fundthefirst.com. Uh, and when we return to the Law Enforcement Day show, we're going to talk more about the need for Fund the First, and we're going to talk about what's happening with the Danielson family on Fund the First and why. It's a heartbreaking story. One of the questions I get all the time is how can I show my support for law enforcement? But there's something very simple you can do with Facebook. When you see a post that you agree with, that you like, share it to your page. It's just that simple. Think of it this way. Facebook has about 2 billion registered users worldwide. So you can make a difference. And one of the best places to find great posts about law enforcement, our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. And when you see posts that you like, you agree with, especially episodes of the radio show and podcast be sure to share it on your social media again do a search on facebook for law enforcement today radio show be sure to click like and follow and then show your support by sharing this is law enforcement today show we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back we all know that law enforcement first responders and military have dangerous jobs they see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725, online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. This portion of the show brought to you by Mr. James Mather of Synergy Financial. Are you looking for ways to increase your financial stability in future? If you're interested in earning more and working with families to help protect their income and future, head to MrJamesMather.com. That's spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, get free information about this great opportunity at MrJamesMather.com. Back to our conversation with Skip Danielson. Skip is retired uh, police chief from New Jersey, also heavily involved in the first responder world. And your your sons are as well. And you have one son in particular we're going to talk about. Tragic story, your son Scott. Tell us about him. Uh, Scott uh, grew up, uh, as a matter of fact, when we 
took him home uh, from the hospital when he was born. Uh, he uh, was put in a bassinet next to a electron or a uh, first responder alerting radio, and uh, he never left uh, the uh, the first responder radio uh, situation. He he grew up uh, responding with me as soon as he could on uh, EMS calls and on fire calls. At 14, he joined the local emergency squad as a cadet, and he was also an, a, uh, uh, a, an Eagle Scout candidate. He eventually got his Eagle Scout. He then uh, stuck with it, uh, went into uh, telecommunications or dispatching, and grew with uh, in, in, in that particular situation to where, at the time of his death, at the age of 49, he was the captain uh, director of 911 communications for Warren County, New Jersey, and he was also on their hazmat team, uh, and he was uh, the immediate past chief of the local emergency squad. And Scott, like you said, he was 49 years of age when he died in the line of duty. That's correct. And we say he died in the line of duty, you know, people often associate that with, with acts of violence, and uh, while those do happen, accidents take a lot of lives in line of duty and also the physical stress of the job can take a toll on people physically and cause their death as well is that what happened scott that's correct uh scott uh, was home it was saturday afternoon middle of the afternoon the uh call came in for uh, a serious automobile accident about a mile from his house being the closest uh, responder he went to the scene, en route to the scene. He found, uh, he was informed that it was his daughter involved in the accident. He couldn't find the accident. Uh, it turns out the accident was at a different location further down the highway in another town, but it's a town that he was responsible for. He arrived at the scene, set up incident command, made sure his daughter was uh, treated as well as the other driver, uh, made sure he had enough ambulances there. He followed the ambulance to the hospital to make out paperwork required by the call and by, by the uh, EMS protocols. And he walked into the uh, admissions area of the hospital and uh, collapsed and uh, did not regain consciousness. In respect for his uh, years of service, which the hospital employees well knew, uh, they worked on him for five hours uh, getting him back at one point in time stable enough to medevac him to Marstown Hospital, uh, where uh, uh, he uh, finally uh, was uh, pronounced. Uh, and uh, it was uh, very traumatic for us. I happened to be at the scene uh, responding also because I was still an active responder. And, uh, you know, observed him to, uh, to be in pain at the scene. And it turns out, you know, he died uh, of a... Uh, uh, an acute heart attack. There's no real nice way to talk about this. It, it doesn't matter. For those listening going, well, it wasn't act of violence, it wasn't, you know, the act of crime or, or something like that. It doesn't lessen the impact at all. And by the way, we've had line of duty deaths in police work and, and all branches of firefighting, uh, EMS, where you have sudden acute heart attacks. And for anyone to have a heart attack, a fatal heart attack at 49 years of age while on scene or after responding to a scene of an emergency call, it's almost always line of duty. Right. The, uh, the federal government and state governments uh, recognize uh, 
the first 24 hours uh, as uh, being uh, pretty much prima facie fact uh, that it's related to the incident. And uh, anything beyond that would have to be uh, proven. In other words, somebody like a firefighter who gets burned one day and doesn't pass away until five or six days later, it's pretty obvious there's a, a connection between the two. But when it comes to heart attacks or strokes, it's a, uh, by New Jersey statute, it's, uh, it's a line of duty death. And uh, that's, uh, that's the, uh, brings us to the, uh, uh, the issue where, that we're, we're trying to uh, overcome now. We'll get to that in a few moments. Uh, you were on scene with your son, Scott, handling the accident before he went to the hospital, correct? That's correct. Listen, I, I can tell you, and it's been a while for me, because I got hurt and retired young, but the, the heart rate elevation is incredible going to an emergency call. Uh, and it's potentially, what well, you have potential fatalities or serious injuries, uh, or whether it be accident or, or crime of violence, doesn't matter. It, you still get the heart rate going. And it takes a while to settle back down afterwards. But then to have the realization that the person injured in this accident was his own daughter, it's got to take that up a notch. Yeah, uh, even though she wasn't real seriously injured, she does have permanent injuries from it. Uh, you know, she uh, she certainly was survived. Certainly survived, but uh, it was it was you know it nevertheless added to the uh, uh, severity of the situation. Uh, uh, you know, in, as far as impacting his health. Before you two separated on scene, he went to the hospital uh, after that. I should say, uh, when did you get notified that that he collapsed? Well, as he left the scene, I said, Scott, are you all right? He said, yes, Dad, I'm fine. And when, uh, when he got to the hospital and he went down, the, the people at the hospital knows the family. And they immediately contacted, and my daughter-in-law was with them, immediately contacted uh, one of my other sons, who's a local police chief, fire chief, and uh, EMT. And uh, he's the one that reached out and said, you better get up to the hospital right away. It's, it's not a good situation. He sounds a lot like a, a lot of first responders I know. If you ask me how I'm doing, and I'm, it's obvious I'm not doing well because you wouldn't ask, my answer is going to be fine. It's not going to be something's wrong. I've heard of cases where someone says, I don't feel right, and then they collapse. So I'm not shocked, and I don't know your son. I didn't know him, but I'm not shocked that he replied with fine. Here's the reason why, folks. When you go to these calls, you get used to the biological changes in your system your heart rate all these other things the rapid breathing the adrenaline all that you get used to it it becomes predictable and when it's going on for other reasons we often associate that with the call and sometimes it is and unfortunately in the case with scott sometimes it isn't ever find yourself in a situation where you can't listen to the whole law enforcement today show never fear past episodes are available online as a podcast and you can listen for free that's right the law enforcement today podcast is free do a google search for law enforcement today podcast or simply go to letradioshow.com and click the be heard tab this is the law enforcement today show we're gonna take a short break return our conversation with skip danielson we'll be right back Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? 
head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Are you buried in credit card debt or student loan debt? Learn how to reduce your debt to a fraction of what you owe. Call now for free advice, 800-709-4389, 800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. Return our conversation with Skip Danielson on the Law Enforcement Today show, talking about his son, Scott. By the way, Skip's retired police chief, has been involved in emergency services his whole life in New Jersey. And his son, Scott Danielson, was working EMS call in New Jersey for an accident scene call involving his daughter, of all things. And he wound up collapsing and dying at a hospital afterwards at the age of 49. Am I correct? That's correct. And that's an extreme heart attack. Yeah, he had a, what, an acute MI, acute uh, myocardial infarction, which is a, a severe heart attack. When anybody that young, I mean, it can happen. We hear stories about people playing basketball, doing some sports, playing football, all the way down to teenage, and uh, have that sort of thing happen. It's very rare, very, very rare, but it's always associated with the activity going on. So your son being involved in the accident and the rescue and then dying shortly afterwards, no doubt. There's no sh- not a shadow of a doubt that it's line of duty. Yeah, you know, uh, even though it's no shadow, uh, shadow of a doubt, uh, it took 16 hearings before the Workman's Compensation Court to uh, have it determined that it was indeed a, a line of duty death. And that determination was made uh, by the second judge on the case, the first judge having retired, was determination was made last November 1st that uh, it was indeed a compensable line of duty death and uh, my uh, daughter-in-law is entitled to uh, receive the statutory benefits uh, therefore. And has she gotten those? No, the uh, the insurance company is appealing the case and we're, we're now in the in the midst of the appeal. This is one of the things that really gets my goat and a lot of people don't get and and I know you can relate to this for your police background, and I'm sure it's similar with, with fire and, and the firefighters and EMTs. The old saying was, if something happened to you, we've got your back, we'll take care of your family, we'll make sure they're fine. And what that generally means is if you're killed in line of duty, they'll be taken care of. If you're injured and survive, it's a different ball game. You're on your own. Right now, we have elections going on, and we hear these politicians always saying, it's those mean, greedy corporations that will that won't take care of people when they're hurt or injured or killed while they're working. And quite honestly, due to competition, a lot of reasons, they are much better at it than a lot of our local jurisdictions. Our counties, our cities, our state governments are the biggest offenders for not taking care of people. Well, that's uh, that's one of the things. Uh, there's even a thing where the State Department of Labor, which uh, governs workmen's compensation, says that the uh, uh, municipality, uh, the employer should, uh, and in this particular case, the employer is the municipality, that the municipality should be supporting the family. But they're admonished by the insurance company not even to speak with the family. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's really disconcerting. And it has been for the past almost five years that uh, we've been going through this. Skip, it's insulting. Uh, it's, It's like a slap in the face followed up by a dump, a bucket of cold water. 
that a city, a municipality, would not even talk to the survivors of someone killed in line of duty, nevertheless not take care of them financially, is just devastating to hear. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been very disconcerting. My service to this community has been, uh, it'll be 50 years next year. Uh, I've been part of the emergency squad for all of that 50 years. I was police chief for 23 years. I've been a uh, firefighter uh, also, although I don't do much of those activities anymore. Uh, there's something called age that creeps in, and I have no idea how it creeped in, but uh, crept in, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very disconcerting. I was also mayor in the town for two terms for almost 10 years, and uh, it, it is extremely disconcerting. I really don't want to get lost in a conversation about the city, the township, or the local government, because that could quite honestly be an episode, a show in and of itself. I want to talk more about you, the family, his wife. When he was at the hospital, how did you find out? You, someone told you, you better get down here, right? Yeah, my uh, my youngest son, who happens to be uh, the police chief uh, and fire chief in the adjacent town, uh, he's a career uh, police officer, uh, with an extensive amount of experience. Uh, he's very friendly with the ER staff at the hospital. He, he teaches CPR for the hospital. He called me and he, he said, you better get up uh, to the hospital right away. It doesn't look good. You know, that was our notification of it. And uh, we just we just sat around. Uh, once, he, once Scott was flown to Marstown, we all jumped in cars and, and uh, took the 30-mile uh, trip to... Uh, to Marstown from Newton, New Jersey, and uh, waded through the, uh, very hopefully, uh, uh, through the uh, period of time when they were working on him there, uh, trying to get him to uh, a point where they could uh, do a cardiac cath, and uh, it, it just didn't work out. Was the fire department, or representative of the fire department, or police department there at the hospital with you and help you with the transport and all that? Uh, at the hospital, the air medical program uh, from uh, the hospital, from Atlantic Healthcare Systems, uh, Air Medical, uh, Atlantic Air One, uh, flew him. And uh, a couple of the people, uh, I used to manage the uh, uh, state police uh, helicopter medical team, and a couple of those people on that helicopter were uh, previously employed or or employees uh, uh, who I supervised. And uh, they were there for us. There were people at the hospital that, that knew us, and uh, they were there to support us. But it was, it was family, and, and family showed up. And, uh, and there were 10 or 12 of us there when, uh, uh, when it happened. Scott's uh, oldest son uh, is a fire lieutenant at Joint Base uh, McGuire-Dix Lakehurst. And he and his wife came up, uh, you know, and just before... Uh, he passed away, uh, you know, the doctors, you know, uh, said, you know, he just, uh, you know, couldn't make it. You know, at least we were all there, uh, which was uh, good. I closed his eyes the last time, excuse me if I tear up a little bit, uh, but I closed his eyes for the last time, and one of the promises I made to him was that I was going to take care of his family, and uh, that's what I've been doing. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, it, here's the, the, the God's honest truth. You know, we're trained all these things to do. We know what to do. We know the protocols. But no one ever taught us 
what to say, how to say it, and how to engage with family members when the worst happens. And and I'll and I'll, I'll confess right here. I I got to the point, Skip, where when we had survivors, when I say survivors, that would be the surviving spouse of the officer, the firefighter, whoever, the first responders killed in line of duty. I would rather claw a hole in a wall than have to talk to them because I was so afraid. I was going to say the wrong thing and make right. things worse. And so I, I just would ignore them and run the opposite way, which is the exact worst thing you can do. And you know what helped me tremendously was actually on this show, talking with a good friend who's, she's a widow, her husband, Bill Martin, was killed in line of duty in Baltimore Police Department. He used to work for me. And I was that way with her. And she said, you can't make things worse. The worst has already happened. All you can do is by not talking to me is is compound the injury. We're talking with Skip Danielson about his son's line of duty death in New Jersey and the pain and suffering for the family continues on. We love bringing you the Law Enforcement Today show. People say, I can't get it on a station near me. Never fear. You can listen to the show as a podcast for free. Just go to letradioshow.com click the be heard tab you'll find us there or do a google search for a law enforcement today podcast be sure to subscribe today remember it's free this is the law enforcement today show don't go anywhere we'll be right back there's a huge amount of interest in true crime story podcasts so we started a new one called true crime fighters podcast very few of the true crime podcast tell the stories of the heroes that fight horrific crime whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens we tell their stories on the true crime fighters podcast each episode no longer than 15 minutes do a google search for true crime fighters podcast subscribe today for free or be sure to check us out on facebook do a search for true crime fighters podcast want to fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. Back to our conversation with Skip Danielson on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Skip, by the way, is a retired police chief from New Jersey, also uh, heavily involved in the county 
government's uh, emergency response systems, his whole family's involved in police work and firefighting. And we're talking about the tragic death of his son in line of duty, Scott Danielson, in 2016, died of a heart attack. Ever since then, clearly line of duty, the family, meaning his spouse and his children, have not been financially taken care of by the city, county, or township. That's correct. I mean, we've uh, we filed uh, as uh, within the uh, allotted period of time for uh, workman's compensation, and it has been delayed uh, now some uh, four years in litigation. So one of the things people can do, and by the way, you can go to fundthefirst.com, that's fundthefirst.com, and look for the Danielson campaign on there, and you can contribution, and that would help. The, the financial aspects have to be devastating. Look, I, I get, and I, I don't understand, because I haven't been through this, Skip, the emotional part uh, of having to go through that, and what you and, and his wife and, and children have gone through, and the rest of the family have gone through, I can't relate, because fortunately that's never occurred to me. But I can certainly understand and empathize, certainly with the financial aspect, that his income is gone. That's correct. And the, uh, the, the thing is, uh, people don't realize, there are funding mechanisms out there, but they don't last forever. And, and the death alone impacts with uh, uh, at, particularly with a, a, a first responders death you've got a uh, a lot more funeral expenses even though there are groups that chip in to help there there are more more funeral expenses uh, all you know there's a, a, a federal uh, public safety officers benefit that's available but when you have in, in particularly in Tammy's case where she was hit with a, a new septic system for her house she was hit for a new new heating system for her house. She went back to work, and she her her company was bought out by a by another company, and and they came through and swept out all the employees. You know, she she went through a an extensive amount of of time, and and now uh, it, it's down to uh, trying to make ends meet. And when this opportunity came through with Fund the First uh, to help her out, uh, we we're uh, uh, we've been uh, going that route, and it's it's been uh, it's been beneficial. I mean, it's gonna uh, it's going to make the deep pockets of the insurance company uh, a little bit more shallow uh, than uh, uh, because uh, you know Tammy's not going to be forced or, or into uh, taking uh, a settlement uh, that is uh, one tenth or one fifteenth. Uh, what it works out to of what she's actually entitled to. And that's the key thing you just said right there, what she's entitled to, what's fair, what's equitable. And this is this is what should be done right away. And you, you and Tammy and the rest of the family should not have to go through this. You didn't ask, Scott didn't ask to go to work that day and lose his life in the service of his community. He just didn't volunteer for that. It's always a risk. We all know that. But that doesn't mean we signed up for that. And certainly, his his surviving family did not sign up for that. It's just not right that this is occurring. And I get that the company she worked for was bought by someone else and they clean house. I understand that happens. Well, one of the things that people listening right now can do is we have a huge audience that may know someone. Uh, what, what type of work did Tammy do? She Was she like clerical? Is that what she does? 
she was an intake uh, interviewer for a substance abuse facility. All right, so she's got years of experience in behavioral health. If, over if, fifteen, over fifteen years. What people can do if if they know someone is hiring remote jobs. You can send an email at jay, J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'll make sure it gets forwarded to Skip, and he can forward it to Tammy. That's something we all can do right away. People are hiring left and right around, and with COVID, we've all learned how to work remotely, and there's a lot more opportunities to work from home or other remote locations than there ever were. So again, if you know someone's hiring, Tammy, is her last name Danielson? Yes. Tammy Danielson might, Danielson might be qualified for. Just email me. I'll make sure it gets to Skip and he gets it to her. That's something we can do. The other thing is, look, we can't take away the, the pain, the emotional devastation, the trauma of, of losing Scott. But we can try to help. We can't make the county. We can't make the township. We can't make the insurance companies move any faster than they're going to. If they're going to do the right thing, they could have done it in four years. But what we can do is we can make a donation and fund the first. We can do that. That would be a, a very much appreciated. And, you know, one of the things, one of the groups that's very uh, uh, helpful in the very beginning is the 200 Club. 200 Clubs uh, developed from a, a group called the 100 Club in Detroit around 1950. And there are 200 Clubs now throughout the nation uh, and even throughout uh, uh, other parts of the world. And the purpose of 200 clubs, uh, uh, and the word 200 comes from the fact that your dues are $200 a year. Other than sending in your dues, you don't have to do anything. A board of trustees is set up, uh, and uh, the uh, board of trustees monitor the situation in the first response community. When there is a line of duty death or some other situation that, that needs some financial support, the 200 club will be there within uh, 24 to 48 hours with a check, no questions asked, uh, to uh, cover some of the initial expenses. Uh, and the, very, the, the amount varies by the, uh, uh, you know, the, the affluence level of the county. Uh, our county, Sussex County, New Jersey, uh, our uh, uh, initial donation is, uh, is $10,000. And we're there within 48 hours with that for the survivors. Other counties, in Morris County next to us, uh, is a $25,000 200 Club uh, first uh, donation. And uh, we then, uh, the 200 Clubs, uh, have scholarships for the surviving children. Uh, it's, it's quite any, uh, a, uh, uh, an opportunity for the general public uh, to join their local 200 Club, uh, New, every county in New Jersey either has their own or has a joint 200 club. Counties throughout the country have 200 clubs. And I want to put a, uh, a good word in for the 200 clubs throughout the con- uh, country. I'm glad you did. By the way, people just do a Google search for 200 club and, and find one near you. And this is, this is what's really impressive about this, Skip, is it's a community stepping up to help out where the community government doesn't. It was a businessman from Detroit that uh, uh, said, you know, what can we do for a police officer here who was shot in the line of duty, shot and killed in the line of duty? And he went out and and contacted uh, uh, a couple hundred of his friends and said, you know, send me $100. And they did. And that was the the start 
fellow named Bill uh, uh, Packer from uh, Detroit, a businessman there, set it up. And it, it's basically business and professional men. Uh, it's not the first responder community, but it's business and professional men uh, from the various communities that get together and set it up. And the, the model is there. Uh, you know, you don't need much more than to uh, either uh, join a local club that already exists or or you know, set up another 200 club. It's it's easy enough to do. Do me a favor. Everybody that's involved in 200 club near you, please extend my thanks for that. And I want to go back before we run out of time. Uh, go to fundthefirst.com. Uh, we've been talking about this. It's a new platform. It's for first responders. All the cases are verified. And... Uh, the, the money's going to the appropriate people, and you can contribute to uh, Scott Danielson's campaign. That's the name of his son. Your son was killed in line of duty. And just go to fundthefirst.com, and if you can't remember his name, you can search by state, search New Jersey, and it'll be the second one there on the upper right-hand side. And our mission is to help find Tammy Danielson, uh, his widow, a job. So again, if you know anybody that is hiring, she's got years' experience in behavioral health, just send me an email to j at lawenforcementtoday.com. Skip, I want to thank you so much for coming on our show, talking about such a sensitive story and subject, and we have to have you back in the future. Very much appreciated. Jay, we appreciate the opportunity, and uh, Fund the First now has over a 1,000 packages or, or platforms out there uh, for people to, uh, to help out on, and that's amazing in three months. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.